Early Breakfast, 7.02, this morning. We do have Dr. Stephanie Rousseau. She is, of course, a professor at the Auckland University of Technology in New Zealand. And we are discussing happiness and the happiness index and the knock-on effects of uh, the COVID pandemic. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Dr. Today, and welcome to the show. How are you? Good morning, Masanga. I am very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm so happy with that tone. I am much more sprightly now that I hear that you are in such good spirits. So we are discussing exactly that, how we are approaching this uh, this virus itself. I was asking our listeners a question, doc, doctor, about really how to stay happy realistically during COVID-19. Is it something that is unrealistic? Well, no. No, it's not. You know, South Africans are very resilient, right? Mm-hmm. So even under um, the very dire circumstances that your nation finds yourself currently in, um, things aren't going great. Mm. And the prospects aren't that great looking for the future. But South Africans still cling to the positive side of what they experience in the lockdown, such as quality family time, you know, not being part of the rat race, actually being um, there for your children, actually being there to spend time to reflect Mm. on what it is that you want from the future, taking everything on board. And, you know, many, many people in um, South Africa in this time um, expresses the need to turn um, to God and Mm. to just reconnect and find the purpose in life. So it's very beautiful to see. Yeah, I I love that positive aspect. We had um, also, I think before the pandemic, we had... um, uh, many solidarity uh, solidarity groups coming across online as well. But um, in terms of happiness itself, uh, Doctor, what are the metrics for measuring happiness? So the way that we measure happiness is quite unique and it is revolutionary. Usually when a nation measures uh, happiness or it's also called um, life satisfaction, a subject of well-being measure, they rely on what we call survey data. I'm very sure you're aware of the World mm. Happiness Index that yes. ranks South Africa 147, and it's terrible. Mm. But the problem with survey data is that you get your results a year later. So you ask somebody, oh, overall on a scale from one to five, how happy are you with your life or how satisfied are you with your life? Great. You answer that survey question and boom, one year later you've got the results. But the way that we work with it we take full advantage of big data, and big data comes in many forms. Now, the data that we use is uh, we access uh, the social media platform Twitter, and we extract an absolute live feed of tweets for South Africa. And on a normal day, mm. it ranges between 40 and 60,000 tweets. And then what we do is we do a little bit of um, mathematical and econometrics gurus behind the scene, but we apply a sentiment analysis to the entire tweet. So the mm. entire message, for example, uh, I love pasta. Yes. Now that entire tweet will be classified as having a positive sentiment. I hate dog. Yes, I do. But <laughs> negative. A negative sentiment. Um, I think nowadays you would find that the tweets go, please take my children back to school. <laughs> and that would be a, a negative sentiment. And then what we do yes. is after each tweet gets classified mm. as having a positive, negative or a neutral sentiment, 
we apply a balanced algorithm and then we are able to calculate a happiness score on an hourly basis. And this happiness score runs from zero, very unhappy, to 10, extremely happy, and five being neutral. And what we can then do is within an hour, not waiting a year anymore, but within an hour, we are able to tell you what happens to the happiness or the mood of South Africa, depending on an economic or a social, or that we currently have, a global pandemic shock. Doctor, can I ask why Twitter specifically? There are many various platforms out there, I'm sure you're aware. Why Twitter specifically? Well, number one, was Fangoff, I'm honest, I would have loved to have Facebook. I mean, come on, who wouldn't love that kind of mm. data? But Facebook's privacy rights just do not allow us to use um, the data that we could mine from that platform. Twitter, on the other hand, yes, we do pay for the data. It's not um, free to everybody to access. But Twitter is more relaxed in its privacy um, um, rights and rules. Mm. And we can go back in time and extract tweets, which allows us to have a greater idea of not just what's going on currently, but we can come back in time to see how it has changed. Instagram... Um, would be nice, it's, it, but, you know, Instagram is basically just photos. Mm. Um, what is nice about the sentiment analysis that we do is that we can also, from the tweets, we can start capturing uh, emojis. So it allows us a greater um, platform. Not We would have liked pla- Facebook, but we can't. And then the next best alternative is uh, Twitter. Mm. So if you're just... And you tra- would find... You would find that um, even people in rural areas tweet. Mm. So they tweet wherever they are. That is so um, interesting. I probably sound like such. I, a, such, I probably I sound like such a dumbass <laughs> saying that. But uh, in terms of the platforms, no! is, is there classism when it comes to platforms like Twitter? Some people will say that older people and demographics and those kind of things. Mm. So what, what would you say the audience segmentation is, especially in rural places where challenges like connection and even affordability and smartphone access is, is, is a factor? Well, you know what? The number one criticism against using um, Twitter is that they would say that it's not representative of a country. And um, while it does have merit to say that it is not representative of a country as such, we do get an extremely wide basis of respondents that you wouldn't get from normal survey data. And what I mean by that is Twitter accommodates a range of individuals, groups of individuals, organizations, media outlets, and it represents a kind of disaggregated sample. And it gives us um, the mood of a vast blend of different Twitter users than you would normally find in survey data. It's not just your regular mom and dad that picks up the phone and answers a few questions for a survey analyst. That's brilliant. If you've just joined us, we are Dr. Stephanie Rousseau. She's uh, sharing her insights uh, and, of course, uh, the, 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 the Auckland University of Technology in partnership in New Zealand and in partnership with UJ uh, about the happiness index in South Africa. So with all the information that has been gathered and the algorithms that have been together, what does the picture look like? How has... Uh, COVID-19 affected happiness uh, levels in South Africans because this index is something, of course, that we would have probably looked at differently last year compared to this year. Yes. 
But Zonga, on that front, I don't have very good news for you, I'm afraid. So what we did is uh, we launched this um, happiness index in South Africa in April 2019, just before your election. And um, so we are in a very, very good position to accurately see what has happened to the happiness levels in South Africa. And if we look especially at the time period from when um, you guys went into level five, very stringent lockdown on 18th of March, and we have measured up to the 8th of May, which is just like five days ago. What we saw, and it doesn't come as a surprise, I think, is that these very stringent regulations has got a significant negative impact on the happiness of um, South Africans. And um, then what we saw further to that is that the things that mattered to South Africans' happiness before lockdown and before COVID-19 changed Mm. to after COVID-19. Previously, factors that uh, influenced happiness, well, well, it was your celebrations, your Mother's Day, your Valentine's Day. It was a Friday afternoon because with a Friday Mm. afternoon, it brought with the promise of socializing and getting together and sharing love and affection. And now we see that after COVID-19, the factors that matters the most for happiness has changed. And what we saw is that when you look at happiness levels in South Africa now, after you guys were placed in lockdown, um, the factors that negatively influence your happiness is, number one, the fact that your mobility has been taken away. Mm. You can't move around freely. I couldn't believe it when I heard that you guys can't even go out to exercise under level five. I mean, I heard all of this crazy story about these crazy people running 20 kilometers around their house. I mean, seriously, how devoted are you to exercise? But so you were restricted in your mobility. Um, a very big factor as well is that many, many South Africans um, are very uncertain about the future mm. in terms of what their income might be or whether they will still have a livelihood, a job to return to. And, of course, not surprisingly, the lack, um, the fact that the sales of alcohol and mm. tobacco has been banned um, had a big, big negative effect on your happiness levels. And uh, it, it has that effect on, on uh, spending, as you mentioned. In terms of our purse strings, that uncertainty, financial uncertainty, you might have been looking at a washing machine or renovating the house, which, of course, makes your, live, your life a bit more comfortable. How has this uh, uncertainty affected happiness and the, the knock-on effect on, on the economy and spending? Oh, my goodness. It is, it is grave. The situation is really grave. Before lockdown and before COVID-19, and there's, there's lots of literature out there to substantiate this, spending and consumption. So when you consume goods, like you just said, a washing machine or something that makes your life better, it increases your happiness levels. And what we saw is that after COVID-19 and after you guys went into lockdown, that positive relationship between spending and consumption and happiness levels are just not there anymore. And this is a great concern for the economy. One of the biggest cogs in this whole machine of which gets the economy going is spending. 
That's why in recessions you spend. You spend mm, yourself mm. out of a recession. But the problem now is if people do not derive the same level of satisfaction and joy out of spending, and you couple that decrease in spending on the on our, the estimates for you guys is that between 3 and 7 million people could potentially yeah. lose their jobs as a direct effect. Um and you take that into consideration, then the future income of people and the future uh, economic well-being and security are in, um, in, in real, real danger. And then lastly, Doctor, in terms of uh, the happiness levels themselves, people are devastated. As you've said, that the picture is not going to look the same in, 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 in two months, in three months, in six months, in two years. Is there, what should policymakers take from this insight? I can get in a lot of trouble for this, but they have to stop the lockdown. Everybody understands, everybody understands that for you guys, you've got, um, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you've got approximately 53 million people in South Africa right now. You are a team of 53 million people, all of you understand that in order for your most vulnerable not to suffer, you must stay home when you're sick. You must self-isolate. You must do self. Um, you must mm. do social distancing. Practice good hygiene. And whereas it was a correct decision for government to act in the beginning phase, the negative effect that we see on happiness and spending and the economy, it's it does not justify keeping you in a strict, uh, stringent level of lockdown any longer. Mm. It needs to be released as soon as possible so that people can actually start uh, moving around the country again um, so that they can feel that they can socialize again, that their happiness can increase. And then hopefully with that, as their mobility increases, you will see more frequent shops, uh, trips to uh, the shops, and um, pharmacies and the likes to actually go and spend money, which is now desperately needed in the South African economy. Thank you so much, Dr. Stephanie Rousseau from the Auckland University of Technology in New Zealand, catching us up on uh, just the happiness index and uh, during the COVID-19 period, how what it's affected and what the response has been and how we should respond towards it. Thank you so much, Dr. Stephanie, and uh, have a fantastic week further. Please do be safe. Thank you, Asongo. Thank you so much for having me. And if you need any other additional information, the listeners can go to, the, to our website, http uh, colon forward slash forward slash GNH, which stands for Gross National Happiness, dot today, and they can track your level of happiness by the hour.